Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In this episode, I continue the conversation with Stephen Aberle, founder of a company in stealth mode, working on domain-aware large language model-based processing for very niche applications. In the previous episode, Stephen spoke about his origin story and also how he got into some of the technical challenges related to domain-aware large language model solutions and the patent in that area that he has. And he continues to share about how the same engine can still retain originality or uniqueness when used by different clients. How still updates can be made to the base engine or the base model that can mature over time, benefiting all the clients. How ingesting content from various sources is becoming easier with APIs. And then the reverse podcast started where Stephen asked me about where young companies could go wrong. What are some patterns that I've seen, etc. Well, I shared about three main things. One is about the founder's passion, the chemistry with the investors and the tendency to scale too fast. So he shares how he has approached these things and his own trigger to jump into this venture. That it was born out of hating something, some of the persistent pain points in his area of work. His philosophy of what you do is what you are. And inspired by the Fremen in the Dune series of books and how the focus on action was something that inspires him and he also shares that with his team. The importance of being frugal during the startup phase and being funded by customers are trends that he says will definitely help startups quickly gain some stability. His personal practices to stay calm and uh, how the focus should be on taking care of people in the community that you're trying to create and being fanatic about solving their problems. And finally, not measuring success only by monetary standards. Again, it's a very interesting episode. Listen on. Yeah, since this is uh, domain-specific generative AI, yes, is there a possibility that let's say there are three vendors responding to an RFP? Right. Obviously, the domain is the same. Yeah. And if they are all using your engine, right? Are they? Are there possibilities that they would all be strategically same or similar? <laughs> That's a great yeah. question. Uh, and a lot of the customers ask the same question. Mm. The language models are specific to each customer. They live mm. in secured containers that are their own. Mm -hmm. And that's as much of a security issue mm -hmm. as it is, you know, um, a, a little bit of, um, you know, safety. But then each customer has 
specific things that they do that they do well. And that is, you know, they talk about it as their crown jewels. Mm, you know, absolutely. these, these, yeah. these documents, these unstructured documents that detail what their companies do, mm -hmm. um, they are more than likely very unwilling to share it with another company. Mm. Therein lies the problem mm -hmm. of large language models, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just trained on a bunch of data that, that everybody can see on the open internet. Mm. Um, now open AI and those large language models, they can't get their hands on that. It's mm. proprietary data, right? Yeah. It, I mean, it's copyrighted. Mm. The company owns it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to give them the ability to then allow the large language model to learn from their data mm -hmm. and make it specific to them. Mm. So in our system right now, uh, no one customer data touches another customer data. It's all, it's, you know, it's multi-tenancy, but there's no shared services. Okay. Each deployment, each tenant mm -hmm. gets their own user interface, their own API, their own mm -hmm. database, the 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 vector mm -hmm. um, database, the um, the ingest process, right? It it's all segregated. But in terms of maturing the transformer itself, yeah, over time, is that then going to be limited to every organization that is using it? Yeah, it's um, well, the, the base models could change, right? Mm. Certainly, mm. right? And uh, we're already seeing that, right? So you're seeing NVIDIA do these outlandish, mm. and I even, you know, there was a 500 billion parameter model that NVIDIA was using. And then just today, I saw something from Hugging Face that was 1.6 trillion mm. parameters, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that there is, there's no, certainly no stopping the improvement of these models. But when it comes to data, mm -hmm. um, customers have their own data, but then you have the ability to feed it additional new information mm. that either the company is creating or your research organizations mm -hmm. are creating white papers. Um, you know, one of the things we encourage our companies to do is, Proposals, the previous proposals you've written are about what you've done in the past, mm -hmm. right? Well, what about what you're doing actively? Mm -hmm. Engineering and program summaries, mm -hmm. project summaries, mm -hmm. engineering notes, emails. What about grabbing everything from Slack? Mm -hmm. It's very easy now mm -hmm. to, you know, in this API-driven world to mm -hmm. connect to just about any data source. You just have to know how to treat it yeah, and yeah, handle yeah. it and throw it through an ultra-large-scale ingest mm -hmm. pipeline. And so its ability to continuously learn is only hindered by any given company's ability to structure and parse and normalize unstructured data, hmm. right? That's the, the wall. That's the brick wall. That's <laughs> the dam. Now, if you can break that dam down, you can create domain-aware generative AI, and that's what we've done, right? Okay. So we're super excited about um, we're super excited about it. But the the models can learn from anything, hmm. right? Yeah, to be sure. Give, let me throw a couple of questions at you. So uh, I'm a I'm a young uh, entrepreneur, right? Uh, founder of a company that's relatively new. It's about it's it's a year old um, and getting some traction. We're doing good. Where have you seen? you know, young companies go wrong, right? And, you know, what are the steps you can take to mitigate the risks mm -hmm. associated with, you know, companies that 
maybe start out strong, but then then go down, right? What what have you what have you seen across your career that you could turn into advice for a young founder, a young entrepreneur? Okay, yeah, that kind of ties in with the, what I wanted to ask you as well. Okay, well, you, of, you you got to answer yeah. first, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize that. I got so carried away by the technology and so fascinated by this. We've been talking more about than than the individual yeah uh, because for any startup i think it's uh okay call it the vision of the founder or the the fire in the belly or the passion of the founder yeah that's yeah. going to make a big difference okay so uh because uh, there are going to be ups and downs and then oh, you know what kind of for sure yeah, yeah, <laughs> right makes you persevere and then go on you don't become a unicorn overnight <laughs> that's right, right. That's um, so what was that trigger or there must be some moment that told you that yes i'm going to start up now while, yes. while you said you were working on this 15 years yes. you realized the problems yes but that leap of faith that's right yeah because that was the first thing that i've seen as a very strong ingredient even yeah. if it is not the first company to get into a space yeah when right now i'm working with one startup so to say yeah. Uh, they are in the fintech space. There are a lot of companies in the fintech space. But what differentiates them is the way they are looking at the problem, the value that they're going to be providing differentially. Right. Yeah. That's right. definitely one thing. Okay. Yeah. Differentiators, the moat, right? Uh, you know, the moat that you build around your product. Mm -hmm. uh, so have you noticed uh, across your career, someone starts out extremely passionate about what they're building and what they're doing? And then does that passion die? Does it do the, do they is it very difficult to maintain that passion? Um, yes, in the sense that um, depending on the pressures, yeah. Uh, particularly if you are taking in a lot of outside investment, sure, yeah, yeah. Then the investors' priorities and their style of how they want to take the company forward. Right may not be identical or similar to your passions. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that and that's a good piece of advice. You got to find yeah. the right uh, investors. That, yeah. That's for sure. We're lucky we have. Um, but that's good. That and, and, you know, but that can really affect your passion as you go along. Right. Um, certainly that those things can can mm -hmm. compile. I, I wonder if passion might be conversely associated with how long you've had to deal with the brutality of some type of solution. And to answer your question, this is what it was for me, mm -hmm. right? Uh, no matter where I was, no matter what company I was at, it was all about this process mm -hmm. that continuously throughout my entire life took my weekends away from me, mm. right? Took my nights you know, uh, the, the sleepless nights, I'm, I'm something, you know, an amendment came out to the proposal. It's Friday. It's due Monday morning. There goes your weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. So I dealt with this for just huge amounts of time. And it's all about timing because I've wanted to solve this for uh, a very long time. Then the, the world of research began to experimenting with transformers mm -hmm. and being able to train them uh, at, you know, uh, over 1 billion parameters. Even just a couple of years ago, the mm -hmm. cost to do so was tremendous, $30 million mm -hmm. or 25 mm -hmm. to $30 million to, to train a, a, um, a billion parameter plus model. 
So the culmination of my entire career that was creating, and I, I hate to admit this, right? Because it, it's, it's almost, sometimes it's a fallacy when people tell you you have to love what you do, hmm. um, you know, to be happy and then to, to prosper. And I had a very different experience because hmm. I hated mm-hmm. what I had to do focused around this problem. It was born out of hate. Hmm. And um, it, which is interesting, right? I love what I do. I love technology and I love engineering, mm-hmm. but this problem set, this pain point, um, you know, comes from, a, it comes from a, a place of just deep hate mm-hmm. into a process that I believe has been viewed as just this broken down shamble of a home, right? Like, like I said, everybody hates the necessity mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's in proposal world or capture. Do you go here to to die to finish off your career? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how brutal it is, and I want to burn mm-hmm. that house down. And in yeah. its place, I'm going to build a cathedral, right. and I am going to transform mm-hmm. an industry. You talk about passion, mm-hmm. right? That is that is honest as I can be with mm. you right now. Mm-hmm. I am trying to burn something down mm. and in its place, build a cathedral. Mm-hmm. And if you don't feel that, mm-hmm. right? Um, ooh, I don't know if, I don't know if the entrepreneurial world is for you. Cause I still, I have nights when I wake up in the middle of the night, wondering what in the world have I oh done? Yeah. What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a little imposter syndrome and it's all those things and the psychology Mm -hmm. of human beings. Mm -hmm. But then I wake up in the morning and I remember the hate, right? Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to transform. And if you can maintain that, Mm -hmm. and if you have a team built up around you that uh, is as passionate as right. you, and has experienced that problem and you can support each other. Mm-hmm. There is no limit. You've just created the next Google. Mm-hmm. You've created your unicorn, but that's the difference because I don't think in terms of unicorns and I don't think uh, the multiples and the world of venture capital, yeah. it doesn't register. Mm-hmm. What registers for me and what I see every day is the building of a cathedral Mm -hmm. against a pain point Mm -hmm. that I want to terminate. Yeah. Right. Now, will that translate into success? I hope so. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. We normally talk about when you're talking about a value proposition. Yeah. Are you creating something that is going to be a gain creator or a pain reliever? Right. The gain creators are usually dreams. (laughs) <laughs> that people may not have seen them. They've said that yeah, all these can be done. Yeah. Whereas a pain is something that I'm experiencing now. Yeah. And I can at least realize that uh, or relate right. that if I don't have that pain, maybe I could do something else. That's right. So to that extent, the relatability from the user segment would be better when you're working on a pain reliever. Yes. Yeah. But the other point that you mentioned is also very important, which is about the team. Yeah. Also being aligned you know, to your They vision. have to be. Yep. And um, yeah, even yesterday I was talking to, including my daughter, about this whole work-life balance. 
Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a warped understanding that most people have. Like right. what you said is more like a work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are passionate. You, that's what drives you. It's not that you are sacrificing something else. Yeah. Yes, there would be some impact. Right. But then are you able to balance that? Right. Thank you. I think and, that's true. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned also, the moment you start chasing your valuations. Right. 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 Then, you know, what, um, this is something that someone told me when um, we were trying to uh, create some enabling technologies for others yeah. within within a large enterprise. And um, obviously there were suggestions saying, hey, why don't you take this out as another offering, another product, another consulting, another revenue stream. I was just telling them that um, we have been created primarily mm. to improve you know, the efficiency or thing within the organization. Yeah. Now I'm facing them. If I start facing out and going to customers, what will they see of me? Right. Right. That's good. If it's just my back, (laughs) (laughs) is that what they do? And I'm serving the main purpose that I was created for. Right. Right. No, I like that. Um, I like that. You have to, um, one of my favorite things to do, and this is pretty much all I do is you know we, we i'm the founder and there's great people around me we run the team but more than half of my day mm-hmm. uh i live at the customer sites mm. and using our software uh shameless plug which is called rohan uh no just yeah. <laughs> in fact I, I had a question on that no, i know how to explain this to someone who has not seen the lord of the rings i know you're right <laughs> and we don't even have a website we're we're deep in stealth yeah but i spend over half of my day at customer sites writing proposals for them using the system mm-hmm. right mm. and so i you know i'm in there in the in the trenches doing the same thing mm. that our users do and if i lose you know, if, if if at some point it becomes not about that, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, not to say it's it, it it's all over, but something has changed, right? That um, I'm just going to try and keep that going as long as I can. And the focus on the customer, right? It, it, we talk about our culture a lot, uh, and it, we firmly believe at this company. But what you what you do is who you are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not what you say. It's a, it, it's right. nothing to do with verbiage, right? That's written down on a piece of paper. It's all about what you do. And we talk about ourselves as this almost, we call it like a Fremen culture, which is from um, the the Frank Herbert's book, Dune, mm-hmm. right? The, the Fremens yeah. who are these just fanatic um, warriors, right? The mm-hmm. all fanatic religious warriors that are so focused on one thing it is all they care about and what we focus on the only thing we care about is our customer and improving their life and changing this business um and we're gonna you've got to you you find a way to to keep that alive you find a way to make sure that's your purpose and you maintain that purpose so oh that's good that's um that's a long conversation I know that yeah. we've had. Yeah. There, there... And of course, one more thing is sure. probably you know, scaling too fast. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's all gone. Yeah. That yeah. that that world yeah. that world is gone. I, I don't know that world um very well. 
Um, because I, so I don't come from the world of, of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, now you certainly hear about like blitz scaling, you can mm-hmm. read the, the book right. and uh, all that stuff. But I think those were outputs of just an economic uh, season that lasted 15 or 20 years mm-hmm. where the stock market just did not go down. Mm-hmm. Right now, I believe that right now, you have to be a missionary founder. You have to be a Fremen <laughs> to start a company right now uh, in, in this economic climate. And if you don't have that passion, you should probably not do it. There's probably a not, of, not a lot of like blockchain web three mm-hmm. companies starting and getting funded right now. Um, so that, that world of, of ultra scaling, that world, you know, I don't know, but what I can tell you is, um, you know, we, we were bootstrapped for a very long time hmm. and it made us capital efficient hmm. and money will help you scale mm-hmm. for sure. But the best companies in the next few years are going to be funded by their customers. Yeah. Just, just period. Right. Hmm. And if you, if you want to, if you're looking for your company to survive via funding mm-hmm. mechanisms, you're in trouble. Hmm. Right. Um, you know, you kind of, you, you, you need to look at pivoting or, or what you need to look, you need to find a problem to solve number one. Um, but the best companies in the next five years will be the ones funded by their customers. And that's, um, at, up to this point, that's, that's what we are. Um, uh, that will change, uh, pretty soon. Um, with, uh, we, we just solidified our, our initial seed round, you know, for the company, but after, after we had traction, after we understood, we knew what we had and had a very good plan of how to scale what we were doing. So how has your own personal experience been in transforming to a CEO? You didn't mention that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I... And more, more specifically. <laughs> more specifically. In, um, yeah. How do you maintain your balance? Sure. Well, there isn't a whole lot of it um, in terms of... Um, you know, at the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning stages. And I would, you know, you, you, everything, you, you live it, you, you breathe it, you, you eat it. You, it's all you think about when you sleep. But when I initially made the change and so I knew, you know, when Transformers came out and I began to understand them and experiment with them and I knew how profound they were going to be. I knew I had to stop doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a very good job. I loved my job. Some parts were stressful, just like, Mm -hmm. like everything else. But the, the night that, you know, I told my wife what I was going to do that, that I had to do this, that I I didn't, I felt I didn't have any other Mm -hmm. choice. I woke up the next morning, a different person Mm -hmm. and just, uh, that hasn't changed that, that for, for me, mm-hmm. right. Um, this renewed sense of passion, this renewed desire to, to push transformation. And I've been able to, to keep that going. Um, now I love the team that mm-hmm. I have because of the culture that we set up, we are religiously mm-hmm. and fanatically focused on solving this problem together uh, and I'll tell you, it's it's been over a year and um, I haven't been paid yet, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's okay. 
but I spend an awful lot of money taking mm-hmm. care of the community, yeah. uh, the people that that we've created around us to help solve this problem. Mm-hmm. There's nothing mm-hmm. uh, more important to me mm-hmm. than the customer, right? And and the people, people. and in the in the company. And so that passion has tremendously helped me, I I think, become a good founder, Hmm. right? Uh, Huge parts of your job is recruiting Hmm. and, you know, displaying that passion so other people can can get carried away with it as well, can can adopt that passion, can become passionate about that. And, um, you know, as... it, it isn't as complex, I think, as as people like like to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's a, been a billion and one books written about management, yeah. um, but I try and keep it as simple as I can. Mm-hmm. You must take care of the people in the community mm-hmm. that you are trying to create, mm-hmm. and you must be religiously fanatic about solving your problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing it in a manner uh, which is consistent with the values that you want to create, right? Um, do no harm, right? Just, you know, be good people and and together create this environment where you can succeed. And if um, if you have the right motivations for it, I think anybody can learn to be a founder hmm. for sure. And if I may ask, are there any personal practices that help you manage your stress or stay calm? So I think that um, that 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 is a fantastic question. I'm gonna and I'm gonna be transparent with you. I don't know if I have created uh, you know the the environment to set up those habits, mm-hmm. the those personal. Um, you know, structured things that, that you should do as a founder. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think I found all of those because I'm really new at it. Right. Uh, to be sure. But, um, in your discussions with other founders, what are some of the answers that, um, that they come up with? If you've ever asked this question or kind of read about it. Oh, I do. And then in fact, uh, in many of our, uh, coaching engagements as well yeah we say that it is not just the hard things the things that are apparent or visible Mm -hmm. it's also a lot of these softer things and we say that um, managing outside by mastering inside yeah so whatever happens don't let it be personal don't take it personal Ooh, that's a tough one for sure (laughs) it's a tough one yeah sometimes you're so passionate you're attached to your idea right right and then when you get a refusal from a customer or uh, a comment saying that no, this meets only five percent of my needs, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not personal, <laughs> first of all. Right. Same thing with people. Yeah. Since you said no, your the emphasis is going to be on people. Yeah. Uh, how do you not let that affect you as an individual? Right. So there could be simple things. You know, today, of course, there's the broad label of you know mindfulness and mindfulness practices. Yeah. Um, anything that you are comfortable with. Right. You know, right from simple breathing techniques. Yeah. Yeah, to maybe a little more discipline, whether it is uh, going to the gym or going for a walk or right. doing yoga or right. any of those practices, which also need to keep your you know, physique also sure. in shape. Sure. Uh, because okay. with all these 
long days and short nights and yeah, all nights and all that. I wonder if consistency has a lot to do with that. I yeah. um, what, so I have to travel quite a bit because mm-hmm. a, a lot of our customers in the uh, the East Coast, the the Washington D.C. region, and uh, I find time myself, zone difference as well. Yeah, time zone difference. But I find myself staying in the same exact hotel and I try mm-hmm. and get the same room mm-hmm. uh, just for consistency. Just mm-hmm. you know, in in uh, my psych, mm-hmm. you know, consistency helps. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, calm calm myself, but. Um, so maybe, you know, finding those practices where you can be consistent, uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think might be part of how I deal with uh, a little bit of the stress, okay. right? Yeah. Um, you know, having a, a good home and family life, but then a significant other or a spouse mm-hmm. that can support you. Yeah, absolutely. And because I'll tell you, it, I could have this exact same amount of passion mm-hmm. and maybe would have been a little bit younger and would not have been able to achieve what I've achieved mm. uh, because simply I'm older and I'm more financially stable and my wife has been able to mm. you know support me and my family's mm. around me has been able to support mm. me as I go through this process um, so the attaching yourself right mm. to to what you can anchor mm-hmm. yourself by yeah. has been hugely, um, hugely important to me. And then making decisions to make sure that I don't jeopardize any of that or jeopardize the relationships that I'm trying to create <laughs> with the community uh, and the, the people that work uh, at the company uh, or with the customers, right? Yeah. You have to, um, you know, you make sacrifices, right? Mm. But again, a lot of it is attached to the value uh, your values of who you are mm-hmm. and who you want to be, not how you are going to be perceived, right? Yeah. Um, but you have to be really honest with yourself throughout mm-hmm. this journey. And some people aren't. Uh, sometimes it works out for them. Uh, you know, FTX, how in the, how yeah. in the world did that, did, did that happen? Now, I, I went through the, the seed process uh-huh. where we went through diligence with, mm-hmm. you know, some of the same... Um, venture okay. capital firms that, like, you know, were, were funding uh, some of those guys. And I'm like, boy, that, that uh, there's a whole lot of diligence on, on a, this, this, I don't, I didn't graduate from Sanford. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what the, what the difference is. Right. But, um, but, but it has, it has a lot to do with, um, you know, the success and not necessarily measuring success by monetary standards, Mm. right? The most successful I've been is transforming the lives of our customers Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do and then creating an environment where it's all about the people at the company, right? And it's expensive. And, Mm. you know, to make sure that everyone is taken care of with top level health insurance plans Mm -hmm. Make sure everybody is getting the time off that they need. Mm. Um, understanding individually every person that works at the company and mm. what drives them because mm. it's different for everybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, it could be money for someone. It could be something to- mm-hmm. totally set. You, you know, there's a lot of things that go into yeah. it, but your integrity mm. is a huge piece of of all of this. Yeah. yeah. Family, yeah, integrity, basic. consistency. Yeah. Maybe, so maybe I, I'm I'm a little on the path right to, to being okay, but uh, I'll, I'll have to study up on habits 
mm -hmm. um, to to um, to handle the the stress. Yeah. Hey, and that's the, awesome. Yeah. You're you're the, now the reason we got connected. So you are you're working at different NGOs. Um, uh, well, right actually, now. I wear two hats. You wear two hats, yeah. right? The yeah, okay. one is for the thrills. Right. Yeah, that is with the, <laughs> the society, and then yes. now what can we do to right, particularly the rural NGOs yeah. yep. in India right now, right, and something to pay for the bills where I do have my consulting and yeah. okay. my experience of you know, four decades plus. Right, as an engineer, in the and, and that's industry. what you do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, and for your listeners to know, uh, I know your daughter better, mm -hmm. and uh, who's a genius um, architect. Uh, here in the Midwest, which is was is where we all live, and I've been listening to your podcast for. This is the first time we've met in person, but I listened mm -hmm. to your podcast since before the pandemic, three years or so ago, and it's a very different place in my life <laughs> back then. But this is the first time we were able to to yeah, get together. Then you had your podcast, and then that kind of I had yeah, I had a podcast earlier, right. That's right. I was going to interview you. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. It was machine learning for the masses. For the masses. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. That's right. yeah. And there was there. Uh, we did an episode um, where a thousand people listened to it. And mm -hmm. that, that that's that uh, that was so big for me. Right. Of course, that's that's, you know, those uh, again, it's it's not about the numbers that that was fun. But it's an honor to finally meet you. I've followed your career and, and track what you've done. But it's yeah. been an honor to to get to chat with you. And I think you're going to hear a lot more uh, about the Rahiram and mm -hmm. Rohan in the near future when we finally come out of stealth um, and kind of lead the charge into this new brave world of domain-aware generative yeah. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so. a lot and all the best. Thank Steven. you, sir. Yeah. All right. We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people's stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, Contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.